Welcome to Sangu Stories. We are honored to invite Jean-Michel Cousteau to Sangu Stories today. A French oceanographer, explorer, environmentalist, educator, film producer and advocate who has been exploring the ocean since he was seven years old. We have partnered with Jean-Michel Cousteau Ambassadors of the Environment Program, offering our guests an enriching, inspiring and educating experience to explore the surrounding nature and ecosystems. Welcome uh, to the Moldy Jean-Michel. It's a privilege to have you here. Our listeners are all very excited to hear us uh, speak today and share um, some stories about your first experience with us in the Maldives. And also, we would love to know more about the Calypso. So maybe the first question is about, you know, you've arrived, no jet lag, straight into the ocean. Tell us about that experience, diving out. Well, I was looking forward to diving here because I already know, thanks to my colleagues mm. who were here before, That's right. that uh, they are treasures, yes. beautiful, and I enjoyed my dive. I saw all kinds of uh, species mm-hmm. and uh, particularly some of the behavior which I had not observed before. Right. And as you may know, I've been diving for 75 years. I'm celebrating <laughs> this right here in the Maldives. And uh, I'm very, very happy because for the last uh, 20 months, I was not able to travel because of the situation yes. worldwide. But now, yay. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. But what I have to say, which to me is even more important than that, the people, the Maldivians, mm. wherever they're coming from, yes. they are the nicest people. Mm. And to me, that makes a huge difference. Mm. And I really, really enjoyed this dive and those people and the way they uh, welcome me and taking care of us. You know, that's what ultimately we hear a lot in, in the resort itself. And I've been here over 20 years. It's the beauty of the people and how it really uh, amplifies this, this pure uh, and, and beautiful nature around us. And, and, and I really have been so excited to have this moment with you today because it's been a journey for us uh, over the last 18 months, you said, just bringing the resort to life. Uh, investigating what we could do differently here in the Maldives with Ritz-Carlton and and also bringing attention to very important subjects in in the world. And and I think Maldives is a beacon and and an example to the world because we're judged so clearly. uh, The impact that's going on around the world is amplified here on the island. Uh, And equally, getting involved with with yourself and the Ocean Futures Society has been um, a bit of a dream of mine. Uh, And today we bring it alive. You know, so but if I wind the clock back to you know 75 years ago when you first started at seven years of age and jumped in the water with your father and and what was that like? Tell us that moment. It was very exciting because my brother was even younger than me. Right. My mother was there. She was the first woman on the planet to scuba dive, and the four of us we would go out mm-hmm. and dive as a family just to explore in the Mediterranean Sea different locations, and mostly the southern part, and uh, it was fascinating, and I fell in love with octopus, and I <laughs> fell in love with uh, all kinds of creatures that live there, yeah. and uh, I, I found out that uh, 
I could pick up sea urchins and uh, I learned how to eat them wow. when I was seven, eight, nine years old. That's incredible. And, and the technology we have today you know, underwater compared to then, it was very rudimentary as well. Diving was very simple. And you were discovering it and create, inventing it. You know, it was, it was new. No one had done it. Well, we were, <laughs> let's say, we, we were testing the equipment <laughs> and uh, the technicians people, my father yeah. and his colleagues, mm. who uh, were very important, they co-invented the equipment with my dad, yeah. uh, they, uh, they were learning everything every dive. Mm. And uh, we would share our experience and how we felt and yeah. I'll never forget it. Yeah. Because now we have these rules about our depths and our gauges and we know all the correct right. things to do. We, we sit on a boat, they click us in and we go down. We don't think about it. But that was not like that in those days. And if I, let, if I sort of connect that to Calypso, um, I'd love to know more about Calypso and the stories of, of well, those days. Well, my father was in the French Navy and uh, he really wanted to... Uh, have the opportunity to go further and go away. And of course, he could not use the uh, uh, French Navy ships. So he had to find a way. And there was a, uh, a British banker who uh, discovered the existence of Jacques Cousteau. And he said, I want to help you. And uh, he found a boat which was in Malta, abandoned after the Second World War which had been built in Oregon, out of uh, pines from Oregon. And uh, there was a series of these boats, three or four of them. And ultimately, he said, well, I have one. That's my yacht. And if you want one, Captain, I can give it to you. And he managed to get it there. And these yachts, uh, which were quite, quite big creatures, use uh, during the Second World War. But uh, they <clears throat> then changed their name after the war, and they were called Calypso 1, 2, and 3. Okay. And one of them was given to my dad. Wow. <clears throat> and that's when he uh, welcomed a few other people. And I say welcome because he couldn't, he, he had no money. Mm. He, he could not pay them, so uh, they were volunteers, and uh, one of them, uh, I will never forget it, because he was one of the longest employees, he said, Jean-Michel, uh, can you come and help me uh, to clean the ship? We need to change the painting and so on. And I said, sure. So I got involved with that ship, and one thing after the other, I'd never stopped being involved. And although I went to school, uh, every Weekend, holidays, vacations, I was with the ship. Wow. And we went in different parts of the world. And I had the privilege as a child to uh, discover parts of the planet at a very early times in my life. Mm. So that's the 50s and 60s? That's right. Yeah. You're right. Well, you're yeah. right. It's, it's, it's hard to imagine. That was before you were born. Yeah. <laughs> I may have not been thought about at that time, but definitely um, I came out in the 60s. I've been, I was born in 68, but you know, and no one, you know, everyone maybe, uh, definitely you didn't live on that boat for the rest of your life, you, you know, you became an architect and you went off and did other things, and then 
um, and then came back involved a, a, again, as I, as I understand. And forming Ocean Futures Society is one of our questions because I mean, that's one of the things we're talking about today as well. And how did that come about? Well, it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, when you look at the history that I had the privilege of living, mm. in my opinion, it all makes a lot of sense. And uh, I, uh, as a child, and as I recommend to any young people, I say, follow your dream. And one day you will wake up and say, that's what I want to do. And my father kept saying, what's your dream? Follow your dream. And one day I said, oh, dad, I want to build cities underwater because of my experience being in the ocean. And he said, go, go for it. So I became a, a, an architect, a licensed architect, but then I had to do my military service, uh, like any young person in France at the time. And uh, after you learn to protect yourself and so on, uh, then the French government said, well, you have choices as an architect. You can go to different countries, and they gave me a list, and I said, I'll go to Madagascar. And he said, sure, go over there. And I went to Madagascar, I was there for 23 months, I'll never forget it. And for all that period of time, I designed and followed the construction of six schools in Madagascar. Oh, wow. uh, Madagascar is a big country, it's as big as uh, California. Yes. And uh, I had all my diving equipment with me. So every weekend or time I had, I would dive, 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 all the way around Madagascar and go to some of the islands nearby. And uh, just as a story, uh, my father got stuck with Calypso in the Red Sea. And uh, he called me and he said, Jean-Michel, I've never been in the Indian Ocean. Can uh, you help me? Because now I have to come in to the Indian Ocean. I cannot go back to the Mediterranean Sea. Can you help me? And I said, sure. So he came and I started showing him places where I was diving mm -hmm. and uh, people were amazing. And uh, that to me was a very, very exciting time. But that's also, and before Calypso came, uh, what happened to me, I said, I want to go diving to all those islands. And one day somebody had a boat and said, you want to come with us and we'll bring you back? And I went all the way to the Maldives. Oh, wow. And, and then um, my father asked me, he said, can you help me? Because uh, you, you've had that experience here. A lot of fascinating stories all, all the way uh, on Calypso, all the way around yeah. the planet. Yeah, so the Calypso um, in those days travels around world and, and, and discovers and there's been a lot of Make documentaries films, and, films and films and that inspiration then sort of circling that back into uh, the ocean fusion society how did you know how did that come about well much later on of course yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, when I was with Calypso we were filming in the Amazon and we were in uh, very far places remember in those days we were filming film, and it was 16 millimeter film, right. and you could never see what you had filmed. Yeah. You had to take it to take it to a lab somewhere and process it and make a copy, and <laughs> then you could project it to see what you had filmed. Oh. 
So it was taking hours and hours and hours yeah. and it was costing a lot of money to have that process. So what I was doing a lot out of Calypso is to come to Los Angeles mm. where we had a lot of these films being processed okay. and getting copies and when it was available to look at it, I would connect with my dad and say, you can come so we can see what uh, has right. been shot. Right. And uh, we didn't know in those days if it was usable or if we had to go back to the same place. Okay. No, it was totally different than what we do today. And then uh, I became very much involved with uh, Calypso yeah. and uh, with uh, the people who were filming and the editing and so on. Mm. And then uh, I spent a lot of time in, in uh, uh, that part of the world. Yeah. And then uh, we lived there for quite a while. So through then, yeah. much, much later on, right. my father passed away. Right. And that's when I said, after I and I had this, where my father on uh, Alcyon, which was another ship that was a design with wind ship, uh, we were on our way to uh, New York, and I had that on film, where we were sitting on the back of the ship, and uh, my dad said uh, many things, and then he turned to me and he said, and it is you, Jean-Michel, who will carry on the flame of my faith. Wow. And of course, the day uh, he got very sick and so on, and he passed away, and after he passed away, I said, I'm going to create this, an organization to uh, honor his philosophy. Wow. And that's when I created Ocean Future Society. Wow, um, that's powerful. Yeah, in the late seventies. Uh, late seventies. No, nineties. Nineties. The late nineties. I'm sorry. And, and and that's where I guess in reflection um, we start to understand more about the damage that's going on in, in on in the world and, and the impact that we've made to the environment started to become voiced out right through. Absolutely, uh, and not just that, but. Uh, going back to the same place where I was there 20 years before, I couldn't believe how things had changed. Right. Our species had disappeared. Wow. Uh, the coral reefs uh, was dead. Yes. Uh, uh, storms had destroyed all kinds of regions. And you've got film of it. So oh, you yeah. could oh, you, yeah. you had it documented. We did a lot of that in those days. Yeah. So going back now and seeing it, how it is now compared to the, what the film you had in the earlier days, that must have been also uh, a dramatic moment as well. That, that's, that's real life, you can really see the, the change. I, I can do that, but what uh, is very important for Ocean Features that I created is uh, to encourage people, mm. since we have a much better way of filming and faster, yep. and we have uh, communication which connects us to nine billion people on the planet, which yeah. uh, I couldn't Amazing. do when I was uh, yeah. a kid. And uh, today we can share with people uh, mm -hmm. what's going on and potentially come up with solutions mm -hmm. to the problems that we have created by uh, the size of our species and uh, the fact that we are making a lot of mistakes and we are learning from those mistakes. But time is of the essence, yeah. and uh, we need to uh, literally find better ways 
to uh, take care of nature, which we all depend upon. Mm. And that's why I learned that we are the only creature on the species that has the capacity and the privilege mm. to decide not to disappear. Yeah. It's our choice. Yeah. We can disappear. Nature will keep going on one way or the other. Uh, and so we have now huge opportunities, and that to me is, uh, was very exciting to be uh, mm. coming to the Maldives because I knew what you wanted to do here. Yeah, you know, and we'll come into that in a moment, but you know, as you did land and you did get into the water, I wanted to know a bit more about your observations and what did you find that was unique uh, underwater here. Uh, we spoke a little bit about the people, but... What creatures or what moments what you saw? Well, you know, most people, they know that I've been diving 75 years. Most of them ask me, what's your best dive? Right. And I always tell them, the next one. <laughs> because every time, whether I find a new species mm. or a new behavior, mm. I'm like a kid. I'm yeah. totally fascinated. Beautiful. And I want to share that with uh, mm. the public because... Uh, today we have the ability to reaching out to young people, particularly, who yes. are like sponges. They absorb the information. It goes right in there, mm. and they share it with their friends, with their neighbors, and with their parents. Yeah. And uh, they're trying to make their parents make better decisions, uh, because we need to really understand that every species, plants, animals, on land or in the ocean, uh, uh, connecting with other species or animals and uh, every time you lose a species the system gets a little, little weaker and it can crash yeah. if you have too many species that have disappeared mm -hmm. and that's why we're having today with all the mistakes that we're making particularly with our creation of energy we uh, have major climate change yeah. taking place right now. Definitely want to talk about that a bit more today with you. And because you know, as people now become more conscious about sustainable practices around the world, and we've just opened this beautiful uh, resort, but you know, the global warming is happening at an alarming rate. Um, and I really wanted to get your feelings on that because we know why we're both here today talking about you know, the Ocean Future Society coming to the Maldives and amplifying it to the youth and educating them. Um, but my question to you would be more about you know, what's your thoughts on that? Because it's, you know, we spoke about it uh, a couple of days ago as well. It's, it's alarming, right? It's, uh, and, and everything we do seems to impact that negatively or positively. It's in our hands. I will not be doing what I'm doing if I didn't believe we can head towards solutions. Mm. Uh, I would abuse what's left over and take advantage of it and ignore the fact that I have children and grandchildren. Yeah. Well, I do care. And everybody should think about the future. Mm. And uh, because of that, we have new technology. Mm. We have new ways of behaving. We have to understand that because of all the mistakes that we've made, uh, the temperature of the ocean is increasing, the level of the ocean is increasing, the strength uh, and the uh, emission of CO2, which uh, pollutes a, a lot of parts of the planet, and we breathe that stuff. Let's not forget that every other breath of air you take comes from the ocean, wherever you are on the planet. 
we all connected to that system and uh, we have technology and that's why coming to the Maldives to me was very exciting because who had the courage or the, uh, uh, the, the real fascinating uh, view of what can be done on islands which are completely flat and can be destroyed in the next storm, uh, like we see it happen in other parts of the world. Yeah. Well, solar power replacing fuel, the water which uh, we ship all over the planet in plastic can be created. Yes. And as an architect, looking at what's being done with uh, wood particularly uh, in the Maldives for me was a very, very exciting opportunity and my dream is to be able to share that with people not only all over the world for them to understand that uh, this place is very, very much working but we need to do that in many other parts of the planet and we need to do it as quickly as we can because every time you lose a species on land or in the ocean, you are losing uh, literally the capital that uh, literally allow the quality of life which we all benefit and are privileged to enjoy. So uh, to me, uh, it's exciting and being in feed in uh, uh, here in uh, the Maldives, yes. meeting all kinds of people who are coming from different islands and different parts of uh, this region yeah. is exciting to me because it's just like plants and animals in the yeah. ocean or on land. Yeah, no. And what, you know, our biggest initiative here, bringing Ocean Fish to society and, and having you come down for this visit and ensuring the programs are are running and we're growing and innovating them to suit the Maldives is that we have some wonderful children that come and stay here that can be inspired to tell their parents as you said before and, and be a beacon for that and us giving that inspiration and education for them to help protect the, the, the world is something that I've learned from your, your team and, uh, and why we're doing what we're doing and so you know lastly I'd like to understand uh, what your advice would be to those young, aspiring uh, ocean conservationists of the future? Right? What would you say to them? Well, the mission of Ocean Futures is if you protect the ocean, you protect yourself. And uh, we've had the privilege, amongst many other opportunities, to have a relationship with the Ritz-Carlton system. And uh, we have educational programs called ambassador of the environment yes. in different locations of the planet and uh, we have exceptions in one place which is a jewel in Fiji of diving which bears my name right. I don't own it yeah. but uh, we control it mm. and we control it because we want to make sure they do the right thing with the right equipment and so between the educational side and the technical side, uh, we are able to connect with the public who come there with their children or not. And also we help the Fijians uh, because uh, 
we gave presentation in different schools uh, out there. So the Ritz-Carlton has been playing a very important role for that to uh, make Ocean Futures what we're doing today. And here we are yeah. now in the Maldives and it's because of... <laughs> so that those little, those little kids and the, and, and, and the children and teens are getting involved in the program and are getting very excited. We already have a few that are, I guess, aspiring to be the next uh, Jean-Michel um, uh, and lead the future. So um, I, I'm so excited that you're here to do that with us and really appreciate your time with us today. And uh, we look forward to diving with you tomorrow. I'll be out there in the morning. I've, uh, I've been waiting for you now. <laughs> uh, yesterday and today I went yeah. diving and I said, where's Mark? Yeah, no, I was just what? making sure that you, were, you had enough practice and you're organized and then I'll come and you know, let one of the, the local pros join you tomorrow morning. So. The problem is that uh, all my colleagues, uh, we're going to keep an eye on you to make sure you're okay. <laughs> I will not bring anything with me uh, in or out of the water. I will be uh, quiet as a mouse or a fish. Yeah. Thanks for your time today. Is your better half going to be there? She will be. She, she's not going to uh, die? I cannot be full without my, my better half. And she's not going to die? She will be. She'll be diving? Yes. Oh, okay. Because otherwise I would have given her a report. <laughs> She's the only reason probably or you're, uh, that you're going to come and dive with me. Who knows? But for us, you know, it's very important to communicate with the public. Yeah. And our educational program is something that uh, uh, bear my name, thanks to my dad and uh, 75 years of scuba diving with uh, experts. Uh, is to pass on as much as we can yeah. the information, not only to the adults, but uh, specifically to the young people who are the decision makers of tomorrow, who are going to do a much better job than I've done when I was their age. Mm. I've made a lot of mistakes when I was young. Right, yeah. Now they've got all of that benefit of education. That's right. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Join me next time when we discover more about the Ritz-Carlton Maldives Fari Islands.